All right, guys. So I am so excited about today because I met Courtney, what, a day ago? <laughs> Just a day ago. Um, he ended up finding me on Instagram. And it's so crazy because Instagram got that little area that if you don't know the person, if you're not friends, then they have to send you a message. So I came across and I was like, I want to get back to him. I was doing homework. So I don't get back to him. Um, as soon as I got back to him, I was like, before I even got back to him, I was like, I'm going to do it. I don't know what he's doing. I kind of glanced on his page and I said, I'm going to do it because I believe he's kind of doing the same, which I didn't know it was a, a man. But I was like, I'm going to do this regardless because at the end of the day, this person has the same vision that I have, that we're going to kill this stigma, that we're going to share. We're going to share. We're going to share the um, our stories. So when I finally reached out to him, I was like, oh, me, it's a guy. It's not, he's black. I'm just going to be honest, y'all. Let's keep it real. Y'all know me. I keep it very honest. So I was just like, okay, this is awesome. The ladies have been asking. We need to hear it from a guy standpoint. We need to hear it from a man um, who's living with it and was able to overcome it. Because we hear guys talk about, oh, yeah, it doesn't bother me. I'm all right. Or we hear the guys like, you know, wars, me's. We hear those too. Um, and we want to hear finally from somebody who's confident, who has dated, and he's going to share also about that dating and also just how a man goes through this as well. And also the platform that he's on, as we can see right now. So, Courtney, go right ahead and introduce yourself to the amazing overcomers. We're going to have a talk show, y'all. We got we got to gotta make it like we're in the audience. <laughs> Uh, I ask people that all the time to introduce themselves, and then I get asked, and I'm like, uh, I, I what to say, but um, Courtney, I'm 29 years old. Thanks for that intro. I was diagnosed with genital HSV2 when I was 20. Oh, it's been so long ago. It's been like seven years now. I want to say it's been seven years. Um, I remember it was in August. I was at my grandmother's house, and my mom just so happened to be over. I woke up with the fever, the aches, the chills. We went to urgent care. The guy looked at it and immediately was like, yep, that's looks like herpes. So um, I get an actual test done and then they send me on my way with nothing but a pamphlet. So I get back home and I do my research. And like the first thing on my mind when I was diagnosed was, OK, who else did I give this to? I know that there were less than a handful of partners that I had recently been with. And so I'm without even thinking oh, I'm telling these people I have herpes. They might tell somebody else I have herpes and then I'm embarrassed. It was more like, I need to figure out who this came from and who I gave it to. From that perspective, uh, I sent a few Facebook messages because I didn't have phone numbers. And then uh, I shot a few texts and just asked and everyone said, no, they don't have it. To this day, I don't know where it came from. I don't know if it was something that I've had for a while because I remember getting tested for herpes in college because I had a situation that was going on that was completely foreign to me. So I went to the doctor and asked him to test me. Actually, I went to an any lab uh, and it was like a $200 test for it. And I was in college at the time. So that $200 hurt. But um, I got the test results back. In hindsight, I remember everything said negative. The chart showed that if you were under a certain viral load, then you're considered negative. So I was negative for HSV1, HSV2, which was the first time that I realized that there were two different types. And then like after I got that test, I was in the clear. I was good two, three years after college. that ha This happened where I went to urgent care and got diagnosed 
I think that I may have had it for longer than I was diagnosed for sure. But what happened was I played college football. I was very active. I lifted, I worked out, I ran. And then when I got out of college, I was like, no, nah, I ain't doing this no more. Like, I don't need to work out. I don't need to be big. I don't need to be strong. I don't need to run. I don't need any of this anymore. So I'm done. I think that that's when it hit me when I had a lowered immune system. I wasn't in the habit of that. And now I look at it as maybe my body was just trying to tell me, well, my body was at a point where it had it under control because I'll never get over the fact that there was a presence of the virus, but it wasn't enough for it to be considered positive, which makes me think, you know, if there's a presence, does it at some point become positive? And if that's the case, then how many people are testing negative who have a viral load? present that's just not enough to be positive how many people are walking around like that and does it pop up later or what but these are all questions that i just wonder in my mind one thing that i do is a podcast called something positive for positive people and i talk to people who are living with herpes or living with hiv about their personal experience in dating and relationships with their family with their friends how their life situation is having to deal with that um i don't have too many people who are living with hiv just because i'm not part of that community i had one guy on and I had a few people from different research facilities who came on and just talked about HIV, but that's been the extent of it to this point. Um, I'm still looking for guests for that because, I mean, it's we're all stigmatized. We contract an STD or STI, and the thing about herpes that sucks is you don't have to have sex to get it. It's a skin-to-skin contact virus. You know, you could have had it from childhood. You could have gotten it from kissing. You could have gotten it all sorts of ways, but... The stigma itself is probably one of the things that drove me to do the podcast. And like, I, I love the intro you gave where you talked about me being confident and overcoming this and everything, but it's not something you fully just get over. It's a process. And for me, my process is doing the podcast. My process is talking about it. My process is getting other people to talk about it and share their experience. So while let's use this, for example, I got maybe... 2000 Instagram followers. I don't have enough of a voice to influence all of those people to be like, hey, having herpes is cool because I have it. Whereas you got Kanye West or somebody like that with millions of followers who could say that if, you know, he were to come out and be like, hey, y'all, it's okay. So my way of doing something about the stigma and combating it is really getting people to come onto the podcast and share their stories who are getting to a place where they're comfortable talking about it. Because if we can send more people who've accepted themselves and understand that herpes is a virus, like it, it goes against everything that we hear from people who aren't living with herpes because before you got herpes, I'm sure you had an idea in your mind of what a person with herpes looked like, what kind of behaviors they displayed. You had this in your mind and it was from people who don't have herpes simply for the fact that we don't ever hear from people who do have herpes. So the podcast is doing that. And there's a lot of people doing different things to combat the stigma it's just unfortunately you don't hear from everybody you know there are certain youtubers or certain podcasters or certain people who are doing speaking events it's across the board and we're needed in all these different areas but it's so difficult to find us even though we're everywhere and it's just a matter of a select few people doing what they can to be out there about it and put themselves out there and I always use this lighthouse analogy you know how your lighthouses work they're at the pier and when it's dark outside all you can see 
see is this light and you follow the light, you get to the lighthouse. And it took for somebody to be that for me, to pull me into this whole world of other people who were living with herpes for support groups, interest groups, dating groups. Once she did that, I got in and realized, oh, wow, this is way more common. This is manageable. And it's a whole entire community of people with so many different sub-communities that it's like, it's so separated, it makes it impossible to find. Whereas if everything was collective and together, I honestly think that there would be more people who have herpes than don't have herpes. So it's like, (laughs) I think that if everyone really knew their status, if everyone was able to get tested by their doctor without all the questions being asked and come back with a positive or negative or test for viral load or without a viral load, then a more accurate statement would be to say that there are more people who have been exposed to herpes than have not been exposed to herpes. Let's say that. So when you look at it and you say, oh my God, I have herpes. Statistically speaking, I don't like to do statistics at all because it changes so often and it's so inconsistent. It's one in six, one in five, one in four. And the wording of everything is just so different and confusing to those who don't have herpes that if I were to include those statistics and I'd have to always change them up and everything, it would discredit what it is that I'm doing. So I personally try to focus on the experiences of people who are living with herpes and get them to talk about it from their perspective, just to open it up for everybody from people who are newly diagnosed to people who have been living with it for years and years and years to people who are considering dating someone who has herpes. All across the board, I want to make this something that is useful to the community, to people, to everybody, even if it's just as a sex education tool, you're more than welcome to jump in at any time. No, I was just letting you share um, everything you want to share. You share, you gave us your story. You just gave us exactly what you do. That's exactly, you know how to do it. Stop it, please. Well, that's Stop. the thing. I'll ramble. And I, I catch myself doing this on the podcast. Like I'm, I try to do so much listening to where whenever I do get a chance to talk or when people want to listen to me, I, I, I can't turn it off. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, if it's I'm... It's different when you're on the other foot. It is. It's so different. <laughs> I, I have so much to say just from the perspective of the 45 or 6 guests that have been on the podcast, and every one of them has taught me something new. It, it's a journey, and I hate to say that. I really hate to say it's a journey because it's really just life. The truth. <laughs> this is our life situation. And one thing that has come up on some episodes is, okay, if it wasn't herpes, then it would be something else. If I'm single and I'm miserable, I'm blaming it on herpes. Okay, if you remove herpes from the situation, what are you left with? And I think that that's a very powerful statement to ask yourself if you're someone who's struggling to deal with this. I didn't find positive singles till I was four or five years in and found out, oh, you know, there's a whole community of potential Mm -hmm. people that I could date in this pool that also have herpes. So I don't have to worry about having that dreaded disclosure conversation. It's just it, everything being so scattered, it makes it so easy to not find the resources, the support, the interest groups, dating groups that are out there. And I'm finding what does make it easy. Like I, when I started doing the podcast, so the reason that I started Something Positive for Positive People, the podcast, was because someone I knew on Positive Singles actually confided in me that she had contemplated suicide at one point. 
And when I first heard it, I didn't think anything of it. I was just like, huh, that's weird. And then I noticed it again and again in the chat rooms that there were people, not just women, who considered ending their lives as a result of having herpes. And here I am, five years in, just now finding this amazing platform that made dating so much easier than it was for me. And y'all, you know, talking about ending your life, like, damn, I just got here. How bad can it be? (laughs) So I just posted a status to one of the secret Facebook groups that I'm in and asked if anyone who was in the area I live in, I'm in St. Louis, Missouri, if anyone would be open to conversing with me on a podcast platform or just recording our conversation. I wanted us to be able to sit down, talk, I record it, and I send the audio to these people who were contemplating suicide just to show them that having herpes isn't all that bad. Because what happens is we don't hear enough from people like myself or Amy, the first guest that I had on, or any of the guests really who are living normal lives and herpes has become such an insignificant part of their lives because they've moved on from it. Dating is a little bit challenging, but at the same time, if you look at it from a more positive perspective, you'll see that herpes has helped you weed out what a common term is, fuck boys. So... (laughs) (laughs) It's F girls too. You know what? I heard that for the first time yesterday. I was like, what? It's true. They exist. They call thoughts instead. Fuck <laughs> boy is a male thought. Got it. Yep, <laughs> a male thought, and then a female is just a thought. So I mean, it exists. So I'm so excited that you just share pretty much everything I want you to share. But also, I want you to share a little bit more about the positive singles because a lot of the ladies has been asking, you know, is this a you know a great site to be on? Um, am I safe on this site? Should I pay for it? Things of that nature. Since right. you have um, right. been involved in it. I grew up very like old school, like the guy pays for everything and all of that, open the doors and all of that kind of stuff. So in my personal opinion, if you're on this dating site as a woman, guys are going to message you. And even from talking to the women on there that I've spoken with, they get messages from guys left and right. The only thing is at that point, your power in being the chooser is more limited because now you're only limited to the people who feel the need to pay for it or who have to pay for it. The chat room itself was good for me because I got to see how other people interact. These were just people being people. If you're a jerk, you're a jerk. If you're nice, you're nice. If herpes doesn't matter in the community, it's just a bunch of people coming together and just like talking about things. And I think that that was a very critical part of my own personal development throughout this because I immersed myself into it. I almost think I was addicted to it. I was there and I began to like myself more around people who knew I had herpes, who also had herpes than I did when I was with my family and friends. And when I realized that, I was like, damn, that's really ass backwards. So I started to tell more of my friends that I had herpes and no one cared about it. I was able to just have that breath of fresh air. I've been holding this in all this time and you don't even care. Like we're almost looking for that negativity. Positive singles is depending on what you want. If you know what you want and you're able to recognize immediately what you don't want. Some people are on there just because they want to hook up, they want to have sex. And that's, I mean, that's fine. You have to be accepting of yourself enough to recognize, okay, this is what I want, or this is not what I want. And even if you put on your profile and looking for a serious relationship, yes, you're still going to find people who are deceiving, but we got to not ignore those red flags just because we feel like our dating pool is small and our options are limited. Personally, I got on positive singles. And like I said, it was a whole new world for me. And I just, I was dating. 
that's what I was doing. I didn't know what I wanted. I was very indecisive. And, you know, it was if we clicked, we clicked. If we didn't, we didn't. And that's kind of where I left that at. After dating on positive singles and recognizing the difference in dating in real life, there's really no difference because, like I said, if you remove herpes out of it, there's always going to be something else. So if I don't have to disclose my herpes status to someone, then what else would it be? It's going to be, oh, I also really just don't know what I want. So more than anything, having herpes and dating on positive singles really taught me to Okay, if I, you know, let's say you got like a a board of personality traits and you just have herpes in there, which is not even a personality trait, but we treat it like that. We treat it like it's a part of who we are. And really, herpes was an excuse for me not dating actively or not pursuing the types of relationships that I thought I wanted because it was an excuse. It was easy. And when I was able to just cover up herpes and look at all of the other things, there were a lot of conflicting things and it all stemmed from indecisiveness. So until you're able to really dig deep, you don't even have to dig, you know, you can ask your question and then truthfully answer it yourself. And that's kind of what I started doing at the beginning. I uh, listened to a lot of podcasts and read a few books and a common theme was exploring your emotion. Like we have thousands and thousands of thoughts and each of those thoughts is tied to a single emotion. So examining your current emotion and asking yourself a question and then going, why, why, why? Like one of my things was, uh, why am I indecisive? Okay. Because I don't know what I want. Okay. Why don't you know what you want? Because, and then you just go from there. And then ultimately the end of it all is going to come down to a feeling. And that feeling is going to be I'm unhappy. And then you ask yourself, okay, well, why am I unhappy? What am I doing? Like, who am I? When you begin to ask yourself who you are, you eventually get to herpes and like you're stuck at that point until you remove the herpes aspect. And this goes for anybody, even if you're broke, (laughs) if you're not good at relationships or you're not, you know, you're overweight, any of these things, you remove herpes from it. And there's something else that's left for you to work on. You did that. (laughs) (laughs) like i I bounce around but to answer your question they're used to that with me i do the same thing they're used to me (laughs) as far as paying for a dating site i mean i don't feel like you should have to pay to date you should pay to get the experience of dating if that's what you're looking for Mm -hmm. if you're paying you get a more premium experience in dating maybe you find the love of your life maybe you had the best sex you ever had maybe you have the worst relationship have the experience so if you can be on these dating sites and you're more comfortable with that ease yourself into it but you're not going to really be able to grow and expand and get the kind of relationships and love in your life that you want until you're not afraid to push yourself out there positive singles was a way of putting myself out there and then just because we have herpes doesn't mean I have to settle. And a lot of people feel like they have to say that, that again, Courtney, please say it again, please. I you don't have to. So have the stuff I'm saying when I listen to it again, I'll be like, damn, where'd that come from? <laughs> <laughs> you tell your truth. <laughs> you tell the truth from experience. Like you say, from experience. We overlook a lot of things because we have herpes, which is very unfortunate because we'll overlook someone who's abusive, someone who's controlling, someone who is bringing us down, a negative person, someone who we don't like ourselves around. And one of the things herpes did for me was put me in a position to realize, oh, I like myself more around these people who have this common interest than I do when I'm not. 
you know, around these people. So what's the common factor? I'm more free to be myself. I'm more open to new experiences. But the people who don't know I have herpes, I'm so afraid of them finding out that I have herpes that I'm not growing. I'm not living. I'm not uh, living up to my personal core values. I'm not growing. I'm not developing. Once I was able to identify that line, I, I had to get rid of it. The thing about it is I completely just eliminated all of the people who don't know I have herpes by being open about having herpes. And even in doing that, I have friends who were diagnosed shortly after. I had friends that I passed up on an opportunity. There was a woman that I had a really, like there was a connection there. And turns out I didn't move forward because I didn't want to have to tell her I had herpes. Turns out, you know, she also has herpes. And that was just something that completely was missed as a result of two people being shy and afraid to come out of their comfort zone about this because imagine if one of us were accepting of it themselves to be like you know what i have herpes here's what it means and then like whoa 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 whoa, what me too who knows what could have happened from there and i mean not to dwell on the past but i'm sharing this experience for you all to understand just how common it is my girlfriend i'm with now we've been together for a little over nine months i met her at the gym and when i disclosed to her she told me me too this is not an uncommon thing at all it's very common what's more unlikely to happen is for someone to 100% know that they don't have herpes. So look at it like this. You get a person who definitely knows they have it, a person who definitely, can you say you definitely know you don't? Not really, but you'll have a, a person who may not know. So you can't look at it as if someone turns you down after you disclose that you have herpes to them and now they no longer want to date you. You can't look at it that way. You can't even go into it that way. The way you feel about it is something that needs to be explored before you start dating because nine times out of 10, there are other things that you need to work on. So if a person is rejecting, and I use air quotes when I say that, rejecting you, they're more so accepting themselves and their current health status than they are saying you're not for them, you're a bad person, or it could be that they didn't see anything progressing beyond a certain point because of who you are as a person. So if you are allowing herpes to be that much in control of your life and who you are like that, that's not something people want to be associated with. However, you know, if you got your shit together, if you're traveling, if you're reading, you're demonstrating all these positive, attractive qualities. Like I did a a recent like poll somewhere in a bunch of different places, actually just asking people what they thought. So a more I don't want to say male, female, but like attractive masculine, feminine traits Uh, for masculine traits. The most attractive thing is decisiveness, which, like I said, I was very bad about before. And the most attractive feminine trait is sociability. Like how social are you? To me now, you know, when I look at these two things, it's like, okay, I'm I have to make sure that I'm always being decisive so that I can surround myself with and attract the people, the women who are more sociable. And that's exactly how this thing works. You know, when you begin to identify the things that you need to work on, you become the kind of person you need to be in order to be magnetic enough, attractive enough to draw in the kinds of people that you want to have in your life. Now, if you're hiding something, which a lot of us are because we don't want people to know we have herpes, you're going to find yourself surrounded by other people who are 
hiding something and it could be their true intentions it can be the fact that they're married it can be that they had kids and not telling you or it could even be that they have another sti we really got to begin to be open and accept ourselves before we can go out into the world and expect anybody to accept us just think about that the next time you know i don't know how many of y'all in here are dating but if the positive singles thing came up then i'm gonna assume a pretty big chunk do that self-work. And it sounds like bullshit, but I promise you it's not. It's not bullshit to have a journal and be able to write down. You know, when you're feeling some type of way, you're feeling upset. Okay, I'm upset. Why am I upset? You begin to analyze and see the things that are going on in your life that are making you feel something in your body and you're feeling it in your mind, you're feeling it in your heart, you're feeling it in your spirit, wherever you believe in, that's where you're feeling it. And you have to get down to the root of it, address it, deal with it, work on it. It's an ongoing process, like I said. And, you know, I can sit here and talk about this, right? Because I understand that it's an ongoing process. I'm not there and I will never just be there for the simple fact that that's not how this works. So you can't have an end goal in personal development or an end goal in your own growth. You have to have of an ongoing process. My process is on this podcast. I get messages from people all the time who thank me for doing it. And I'm like, man, you know, I think I get more out of this than the listener does, than the guests do, because it's my means of self-expression. I get to sit and listen to people and expand my own perspective based on all of their unique sets of experiences. There's no two individuals have the same experience. I mean, you may look the same as someone, had the same age, you might have the same STD, but the story around it is always different. People on the outside looking in, they just think somebody was being a hoe. Like, oh, you had too many sexual partners, you were being promiscuous and you got herpes. No, that's not the case. I can name every girl I slept with and I got herpes. That's, and none of them even know that they gave it to me. I mean, it's very likely that someone could be lying, but to this day, I'll never know. And I'm okay with that at this point. And another thing that's important to mention is being able to let go of that. I went on thinking, man, who could it have been? Somebody's lying to me. I don't know who it is. Just so that I could have somebody to point the finger at. In reality, the fault was my own. I never asked anybody. My question was, are you on birth control? Not do I need this condom or not? Do you have any STDs or when was the last time you were tested? My go-to question was, do I need this condom? Because I don't want to get you pregnant. Not that I don't want to get an STD. And even then, you know, the condom wouldn't have protected me. So who knows? There's so many different possible outcomes that could come as a result of that. It's not worth fueling it with your energy. It's better to just put that energy towards yourself, invest in yourself so that you can go on and do the things in life that you're supposed to do, that you want to do, the things you enjoy. Figure out the things that you want. Go do the things that are going to get you to a place where you can have those things. And then focus on who you are. Focus on who you are to the rest of the world. I often say, even on the podcast, you know, life isn't about what happens to you. It's about what happens through you. Granted, you got herpes, but as a result of you getting herpes, what are you going to allow to happen through you? What kind of light are you going to shine into the world? Because each of us has it in us. And unfortunately, it takes negative experiences sometimes to wake us up or catalyze the effect of being able to go on and do the thing that we're supposed to do or send us on that road. So for me, fortunately, it was just herpes. And that's how I look at it now. Like if I had to go through something to make me reevaluate where my life was, look back on my collective experiences, and then wait, we, we good? 
No, you're good to go. I mean, you have hit everything. I didn't have to ask not one question because I was like, he's flowing. He's saying everything I was, well, you answered every question I was going to ask you. And now I'm going to open the floor up and see if anybody wants to ask you a question regarding to different things. So anybody want to say anything, you just take yourself off mute and you can ask Courtney a question. And then we're going to get into the stigma thing in a minute, but I know somebody probably have a question. I just want to say that I follow Courtney on um, the podcast. So I knew what I was getting myself into when I saw H on my chest. So good job, Belize. And (laughs) I'm open the floor up to everybody else because I've been following him for like the last uh, maybe four or five months. So I have the podcast. I really suggest everybody download it and listen to him. He has some very good guests. Um, he definitely goes into detail. I mean, when you walk away, you just walk away refreshed. Um, I try to listen to it when I'm at work, you know, because the kill time. But he'll definitely have you thinking in a new light, especially with the guests that he has. Just, to, you know, it just makes you feel like you're not just another status, I guess you can say. But you really are. Um, if you look around you, you never know what people are going through silently. So I just really suggest that, you know, everybody goes and uh, download the podcast and keep up the great work, both of you all. I appreciate it. Look at that, Corey. You thought you was like, well, I ain't trying to, I ain't influencing nobody. See, look at that. <laughs> I was like, man, I wonder if anybody listening to this. And then whenever I say that, I get something like that to happen. Like I'll get a random message. Hey, just found your podcast. Thank you. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I should keep doing this. Please do. Please do. Anybody else want to ask Courtney a question? I must have did real good or I put some people to sleep. (laughs) No. Um, Just to reiterate, you mentioned um, positive singles. Um, I had actually went on there maybe some years ago. My experience wasn't all, it wasn't a great experience. It wasn't a bad experience, but like you said, it just opens you up to, you know, something, being with people that you're actually comfortable with. You mentioned doing the work. So can you just touch on that just a little bit more, just a little bit more detail? Because I think I might have missed something. When you say doing the work, are you meaning reaching out to people or? In regards to yourself, knowing what it is that you want, like what steps did you take in in regards to doing that? Because I can be indecisive. So that is one of the things that I really do need to work on. Mm -hmm. At at this time in my life, yeah, I, I really, I know since that since that experience, I could say that honestly, I do know what I want. But then there still may be some other things that I really might need to actually work on. This is a very common question I'm about to ask you in a lot of self-help type books. Are you the kind of person now who is able to accept and recognize when what it is that you want is present? So what I mean by that is, let's say I want to drive a Lamborghini and I want a 15 bedroom house with four stories or something. Right now, I know I'm not the kind of person who would have or want or get that because I'm a personal trainer. I host a podcast and I don't ask people for money on anything. My lifestyle that I'm in right now warrants everything it is that I have around me and it warrants the kinds of people that I'm bringing in. I had to recognize who I was and then who I wanted to be and then take the steps to get there. When you put the focus more so on who you are, 
you tend to realize the things that you think you want right now may not line up with who you are because you may have to modify who you are a little bit in order to receive those things or to have the kind of, well, if we're talking about specifically dating, say you want a loving man who's going to be there. Like you want all of these things and everyone is deserving of everything it is that they want out of life. Everything. However, you have to be the kind of person who has patience. You have to practice that. You have to recognize red flags. You got to set boundaries. You got to not take bullshit. A lot of times we'll say, okay, I know I want this, but you won't be the kind of person who is able to or strong enough to walk away from the things that you don't want just out of fear of missing out on everything else. The work really starts with asking those questions. Like, who am I getting in touch with your feelings and emotions and being able to manage those? That was a big step for me because I was fortunate enough to have just been ignorant to the whole emotional aspect because I grew up, I'm a man, you don't cry, you don't talk about your feelings, you be tough, all that stuff. And then it was when I started reading, it was like, my life has become so much more manageable when I started to understand my emotions. And when I started to understand my emotions, I'm able to on the emotions of other people. And so, like I said, it goes back to being the kind of person who is able to have in their life the things that they want. And then you got to also identify there's a difference between what you want and what you think you want. You got to really look at what's most important to you. The most life-changing thing that I did was identify three core values. I asked a lot of people, hey, can you describe me with three words? So I was able to determine, okay, this is what other people think of me. There were things that I liked. There were things that I didn't like that I definitely had to work on. And a common thing was decisiveness. I decided for myself from that, I value growth. I value understanding and I value freedom. And these interchangeably go go into a lot of different areas of my life. But if I had to stem it down to three things, those would be it. And I have those three things in the podcast, for example. I am free to be who I really am. This is my freedom of self-expression. I'm creating a space for understanding where there's a mutual understanding from people who don't have STDs, people who do have STDs, people considering dating someone with STDs, learning about it. When you listen to this podcast, if you remove herpes from it and replace it with anything, you're still left with a story of perseverance. You're still left with someone going through their life situation. They have some kind of a challenge going on and you're learning how to apply that to your personal experience and move forward from there. From a growth perspective, like obviously, you know, I'm learning a lot and hopefully teaching something, giving people permission to put themselves out there and challenge themselves to grow and do whatever it is that they really want to accomplish. And more importantly, just get over this hurdle of herpes. If herpes is the most significant thing in your life, you're doing pretty well because I I, I got bills to pay. Like I got rent. I got to go to work. I got to make sure there's car paid for, insurance, taxes, all of that. What I tell people who find themselves struggling or you're just having a bad day, you got to remember all I got to worry about is herpes. Like, this is the biggest thing on your mind. I mean, you healthy, your family's good. Everything is going well in your life. If This is the only thing you got to worry about. Now, and I don't want to take anything away from people who get severe outbreaks because the pain is tremendous or anyone who, for whatever reason, the meds don't work. Those are outliers here. The general consensus is that if herpes is the biggest of your concerns, you're living a pretty good life. Damn, I hope I answered your question and all of that. Yes, you did. Thank you. (laughs) But uh, get a journal. And when you start to experience negative emotions, ask yourself, okay, well, what's the problem? 
okay, well, why do I feel this way? And then you get down to what you're feeling. And then you can start to ask yourself, why do I feel what I feel when I feel it? And ultimately, it's going to come down to you deciding to allow other people to influence how you feel. And then you'll create like a neutral state of emotion for yourself. Take that out into the world and you'll begin to as you're positive, you find yourself surrounded by more positive people. When you're having a more negative day, you tend to see the negative. That neutrality is default, whether we're conscious of it or not. So you're neutral until you find yourself surrounded by certain types of people. And then when you start to notice, oh, positive, negative, that's how you're going to begin to look at people. They're either fueling you or they're draining you. That's a whole bunch of separate conversations, though. But if we're just talking about you working on you, the first step is you recognizing there's something to work on and then asking why. Hey, Lori. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. How much does um, health and diet play in like um, having herpes and not having outbreaks? And what type of feedback do you get from women, you know, to help have health and diet help in this situation? For me, diet and exercise have been everything. When I was diagnosed, it was after I stopped being active. And if no one who was a recent partner had tested positive for herpes or knew they had herpes, say, hypothetically speaking, none of them actually had it. And I had it long before. So what would have happened was my immune system would have suppressed my outbreaks. Like I would have been positive for herpes already, but I was doing so much as far as diet and exercise. I was working out every day, maybe took one rest day a week. I was mindful of what I ate. And then I graduate college, move in with my grandmother and I'm eating fried food all the time. Bam, all of a sudden outbreak. Like I set up the foundation for an outbreak to occur by not being mindful of those things. And since I became more active again, like I started to work out again and getting to the gym four or five, six days a week. When I eat, I try to cook most of what it is that I eat. I still eat my fast food. I still eat pizza. Chinese food is my weakness. And every now and then I allow myself to get like some fried seafood. For the most part, that's really what it is for me. Every person is different. If you can take 30 minutes out of your day to even if you're just jogging, but anything at all, if you lift some weights, if you do some jogging, like it's more mental for me than anything else from a physical perspective. Like I said, six years, I had that first outbreak. I might've had one other one, but it was so mild that it was like, okay, I felt the tingling sensation and I would just take my medication. So that's happened maybe three or four other times, but I was also stressed around those times. I was, I had just gotten fired from a job actually. And I was living in the city by myself. So it was a real stressful situation too. So stress plays a role in it. Anything that contributes to stress in your life you want to either limit or get yourself away from that that includes people unfortunately for me it was definitely making the adjustments to my diet cooking more of my own food and like not frying everything of course and then just being active working out and then the whole managing stress stuff like what I was just telling uh Vincetta was really key because I was able to identify really quickly. Okay. I'm stressed. Why am I upset? And now I can go through and be like, okay, I'm upset because of whatever you go through and you find out the situation. Like recently uh, I was stressed and I went to urgent care. I got diagnosed with an ulcer. And when I was sitting in the doctor's office, I decided to just close my eyes. I sat there. I was like, all right, Courtney, what's on my mind? I sat there. I was like, okay, I feel like anxious. Like I was very anxious. Okay. What do I have to be anxious about? I went to work today. I doing the podcast. My day was normal. Oh, 
there was a situation that I volunteered to do something that it wasn't a good time for me to do. And when I recognized it, I instantly felt like a sense of relief. And when I got that sense of relief, it was like, okay, I know what I need to do now. I need to call this lady and cancel this plan or make other arrangements, but I'm not going to be able to do it. And that was so stressful to me. It was stressing me out. I kind of did feel an outbreak coming. I took the medication and what I went into urgent care for was I had an ulcer in my mouth, on my tongue. I thought it was herpes related. I have genital herpes. So to me, when I felt that, I was like, okay, maybe this is an oral outbreak finally, because my girlfriend also has herpes. So that very well could have been the case, but they diagnosed me with an ulcer and I was able to sit in the doctor's office and process it that way. So you really just have to take care of yourself. I think that self-expression is a really good form of therapy in a lot of ways. So uh, maybe you'll enjoy running. Maybe you'll enjoy working out. But I have a lot of different things that I do. Um, I work out. I do the podcast. Um, I train people. I talk to them all day about their days. And I get to hug everybody who comes in and out of there. So like, I'm getting all of the things that I feel I need as my therapy the whole expression aspect, that's been crucial to my personal health and limiting the number of outbreaks that I get to that first one and maybe one or two others. Does that help? Yes, thank you. More than welcome. All right. All right. So just these last couple of minutes, I want to talk to you about what do you believe we have to do as a herpes community to kill this stigma? Like, what do we need to do? Because truth be told, we're looking for everybody else to do the work. In truth, that's not going to happen. Because if it was the case, it would have been done. Everybody on here is like 14 of us total. What do we, and this is everybody, everybody can chime in. What do we need to do as a community? Not looking for people who don't have herpes, but the people, us, who are affected by what do we need to do to kill the stigma that we are struggling with on a daily basis? If I'm answering this question and I answer this from my own unique personal experience, the perfect example, I'm in a closet doing this podcast, you know, and when we opened up, you said, no, you literally in the closet. Like a lot of us are being Mm -hmm. in the closet about having herpes. Being in the closet is a term that people use in the LGBTQ community, you know, about being gay and them being secretly gay and afraid of people finding out. You look at where we are, what that community has done. There are parades now. Like, I'm, I'm going to the Pride Parade tomorrow because it is fun. I have been to bars. They have a ball. Okay, it's fun. I'm, I don't care. If nobody ever did it, go to a bar with a friend and you have a good time. I remember I was uncomfortable the first one or two times I went to one of those bars. I think the first time, one of my roommates, she's a lesbian, and she was like, yeah, we're going to go to this lesbian bar. And being a guy, I was like, oh, hell yeah. And I got there and I was in for a rude awakening. And I was just like, oh my God, <laughs> this this is overwhelming. But <laughs> it was something like, there's another thing, you know, you, you get outside of your comfort zone. Uh, just going back to using the in the closet example, like that's what we are. We're in the closet. You look at the uh, LGBTQ community and there's been a process. Like they organize these, the pride parade, they have support from their friends. And like now it's not, really shunned upon to be gay like you're not viewed as less than you're still a human you just you like what you like (laughs) you know I want to say what they did is very it's not necessarily similar but metaphorically that's what we need to do like it's a pride parade we're proud like we're coming out and we're proud we need to have that sense of acceptance to the point where we're able to get the support from our friends, you know, the people closest to us, like it's not anybody else's responsibility to take care of 
us as a community. It's not our responsibility as a community to take care of the community. It's really on each individual person to have enough sense of self, self-awareness to be accepting of it and be like, okay, this is okay. That is contagious. When every mm-hmm. in the community of having an STD, having herpes is able to say, you know what? I have herpes. That's not who I am. This is what it is. And I think that we can learn a lot from, you know, what's been done in the LGBTQ community as far as acceptance and receiving support. For a gay person, you know, if you go to a parent, for guys, one big deal is their dad finding out they're gay and then their dad disowning them or being silent towards them. And this is just from some homosexual people that I've discussed with, like, they were afraid of their dads. That's not the case anymore. You know, now you don't necessarily need dad's approval to be gay. You you need to accept yourself and the people who are in your life are going to accept it or reject it. And you're going to begin to surround yourself with people who are more accepting of it. And then shit, you never know. We might have a parade or something one day. I think that that's where it starts. It starts with identifying who you are outside of just having herpes and own who you are with herpes don't allow yourself to identify as the herpes you know it's just a life situation that's i mean that's my thing but we really got to stop self-perpetuating i don't have a lot of followers but i have a lot of podcast listeners and part of the reason for that is the association with the page itself i literally call it the std podcast because you're associated you know if your friends were to see that you follow me or uh or friends with me then you're thinking that they're gonna make that assumption that you also have an std but then on the other end you know if we go back to the pride thing you know just because i follow a lot of people who identify as uh, lgbtq doesn't mean that i am as well i just support them i support them for being who they are so we need to first recognize who we are support ourselves for being who we are before we can begin to experience the support of the people around us because it's just like the disclosing you go to somebody like oh my god i have herpes nobody won't be around that shit you know if you crying to them and all of that if you come to them like hey you know i like you i can see you being a good fit in my life you know these are the things i like about you do you see this moving forward yeah okay well i need to disclose something to you i tested positive for hsv whatever it is that you have here's what it means for me in my personal experience here's what it means for you if we decide to move forward intimately and then bam move on from there but we really got to stop this whole hiding our faces you got to be able to look yourself in the mirror and say i have herpes and don't just say i have herpes because then like that shit hurts i looked in the mirror when i first got it and i was like I have herpes. And I remember like my eyes were red. I was crying because I didn't know what that really meant. I knew what it meant according to the media, according to what people who don't have herpes say it means to have herpes. And it took for me to have my own experience to be like, oh, you know, my dick isn't going to always look like this. It comes and goes. All I have to do is take better care of my body. I have to take care of my health. Oh, if I do have any issues, it's manageable. All I have to do is take these pills. The worst part about it is seeking acceptance from other people. But you know what else is? Life. Life is hard when you are seeking the acceptance of other people when you don't have it from within. So so until you get to a place where you've accepted yourself, you don't even look for it anymore. Like it just you're surrounded by it. Since coming out, I've met so many amazing people who are doing the exact same thing we're trying to do here as far as just disassembling the stigma. And then I've met a lot of people who want to keep things the way that they are. There are some people who find comfort in that. And then there's people who don't. I speak for everyone when I say you have to come to terms with some sort of a relationship with yourself. You have to accept yourself. 
that's what this comes down to. You just have to get to a place of acceptance for yourself. <sighs> Courtney, you had to breathe. <laughs> you said that. Anybody else want to say anything on it? What do you What do you guys think? Okay, uh, I'm just going to be very honest with you. I would love for the stigma to end, but I don't ever think it will. And let me tell you why. Mm-hmm. I meet people all the time who are very sexually active and apparently in a lot of people's mind they think that gonorrhea chlamydia i don't know if syphilis is curable or whatever basically the curable disease are better than the incurable disease so i think that since there's a pill for one thing that a cure it and i don't think people understand that yeah you can cure the symptoms but years later I'm finding a lot of people are having problems five, 10 years later because it was supposedly cured five years ago. Mm -hmm. I think that the issue is people thinking that just because this is curable on one end, like gonorrhea, chlamydia and whatever else, that's curable. That's better than things like herpes or HIV. They're not seeing that the curable is no better than the incurable because you have people who are living longer with HIV and then you have people who are coming up with gonorrhea and chlamydia. I have female friends who had uh, gonorrhea in high school and now they're infertile in their 30s because of it. So I think that the issue is, it's not more so of um, how can we break the stigma? How can we educate people to know that an STD is just an STD? There's no fine line. Just because I took a pill and 24 hours, I'm supposedly cured. That's no better than somebody who, like us, who has H and they feel like, okay, well, I'm just going to see bumps. Well, you saw a green discharge two weeks prior. I mean, with the curable diseases. So I think that it really has to start with a STD is just exactly that, a STD. You get it sexually. Yes, you can, some with herpes and HIV, of course, you know, you have to manage it. But it's no different than diabetes. It's no different than um, any other ailment that affects you on your day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. So I think that personally, we have to educate people to know that, look, you caught this from having sex. I caught this and yeah, I may be able to get rid of these symptoms. But at the same time, just because you don't have symptoms now, that don't mean it may not affect you later on in life. So I just think that personally, we just have to you know, just educate people because if I had to choose, I would sure would rather have this than 10 years later, I go to meet, I meet somebody and I can't have kids. You know, to me, that would have a bigger effect on me than boom, I get a little bump once, you know, when my menstrual come on or when, you know, whatever people are dealing with when it comes to herpes. I just think that we have to educate people. And it really does start with the school systems, educating these kids. Um, It starts with social media. It also starts with, you know, I just think that if Usher, if Usher has herpes, I think that if we just have one popular celebrity comes out and just say, hey, this is what I have. I think it would die down so much, you know, like it. I agree with Courtney earlier, you know, he can say it. But if Kanye West comes out and say it, you know, it'll make Okay, well, Kanye said it, so that makes things, I guess, right to people. But it's unfortunately, um, we're not as popular as some, so our voice won't hold as much weight as a celebrity, unfortunately. So I just think personally, you know, we got to come up with just educating your friends. I have a lot of friends who are, you know, 
it's summertime. People want to be hosed in the summertime and people want to, you know, bust it wide open, you know, because it's hot outside. But they're not realizing that when you talk about STDs, it's always ill, ill, ill. Yeah. Oh, I don't never want that. Uh, you know, it's judging somebody, but people don't understand that the lifestyle you live is going to catch up with you. And unfortunately, this is a this is a STI that all, you, all it takes is one little simple kiss. All it takes is oral sex. All it takes is, you know, our genitals rubbing up against each other. If anything, this is the one I would rather have, you know, if it makes sense, you know, like, boom, I just caught this from humping, dry humping on the couch, you know, it, <laughs> it's, it's, it's nothing that would kill you. But at the same time, I just think people, when they hear incurable, they're like, oh, no, well, she can't get rid of that. So, but that doesn't make it better than the person who had the green stuff coming out of their both ends, you know, like, I, I it, that's just me. Yeah. No, you're telling complete truth. I think you said everything that we all believe. Education is key. Education yeah. is key. Education is key. And just like you said, we have to take the time to educate because truth be told, when we hear it from a sex ed, ed teacher or hear it from a doctor, we don't take heave. Truth be told, a lot of us just don't take much heave. But when you hear from somebody who experienced it, you take more heave. You you can relate to the person. You have respect for the person. You can feel their emotion. We love human contact. We love to hear from people that we can relate to, we look like, or, you know, it's just some something about that person. So I feel like just like what you're doing, you're sharing it with your friends. I share it with my friends. Courtney shared it with his. You know, at the end of the day, if we have the opportunity to share it, which a lot of people get to, especially ladies in the group, where you're in support groups or you're in like, you know, other social groups and they bring it up, take the time to educate. You don't have to disclose. Just say, guys, let me share some information with you because truth be told, we value more what we hear within a social group than what we hear from a doctor. We don't care what that doctor say. Oh, well, my homegirl said it looked like this. And then you're going to hold so much weight because that's just how we function. So I'm with you. It's just time for us as a people, not just us who have it, but people in general to share experiences. Yeah. Like there was one girl who started a podcast in like 2014 or something. And it started out, you know, I just got herpes i'm single blah blah blah, and then it kind of progressed to she was in a relationship and then that was it ultimately what happens is we begin to live our own lives so now you stop hearing from that person and you know it's always there's always going to be other people that come up show and and get to a point where they're like all right y'all i got herpes here's what it is and then they do phenomenal things in life or live a normal life and you just never hear from them again. So it's understanding that you can't look at a person and tell if they have herpes. So more of us who have herpes and are talking about having herpes, I don't want to say necessarily educate because people don't want to be educated. Little things like being able to point people in the direction, like if someone's having unprotected sex, let them know at that point in time, not necessarily you're going to get an SCD and that's like the worst thing in the world, but all right, well, you know, if you get herpes, I heard of this type of support group, or if you get gonorrhea, there's this, uh, or if you get any STD, this is how you deal with it. And it's more so that education. And I agree with you. The stigma is not going to just go away. It's mm-hmm. going to, it's an ongoing process. It'll get better. All of us who have herpes need to be a very, very open with our kids growing up about the inevitability of contracting an STI, coming into contact with herpes, catching gonorrhea, that condoms don't protect you against everything except maybe pregnancy. And that's if you use it right. So there are a lot of factors there and it's just going to take for upcoming generations to 
have our perspective, our experiences. And like, we have to just be open. Like, hey, you know, if you have herpes, if you've been diagnosed, you know, I know what you're dealing with. I understand that you might be suffering. Dating sucks. It's hard. You can talk to me. So it's more so giving people a safe space to come to you and share their experience and be able to point them in the right direction. It is for you to share your diagnosis specifically because you don't have to tell anybody you have herpes in order to be an expert on herpes one girl that i interviewed on the podcast she was uh she thought she had herpes and didn't have it and was running around just educating everybody if anyone had cold sores like, oh did you know cold sores are herpes there's a way to go about it depending on your personality i would never just run around oh you know hey that's that's herpes haha <laughs> people receive things differently for your friends for your facebook family whatever you see some interesting information you can share it without saying or having to say that you have herpes because you're really just putting it out that it's okay people need to know that it's okay because right now the message in the media is it's not okay to have herpes nobody's going to want you when you're viewed this way but we know that not to be true we're sitting here having a conversation about it Unfortunately, you know, we get all riled up, we get excited, we don't finish this phone call. It's just like church. You go to church on Sunday and by Tuesday it will off. So, you know, immediately after leaving this, it would be if you could just take a time, walk away from this, look yourself in the mirror and say, I have herpes and fill in and with whatever phenomenal other things about yourself. If you can walk away from this particular support meeting with an understanding of yourself being much more than just having an STI or just having herpes, then you are already on the right path because through that, there's just going to be so much other good that's going to come through you that herpes is going to be irrelevant. When the opportunity presents itself, which it will, there will come a chance where you are able to inform someone, educate someone, or be there for someone and support somebody who's going through something similar or something completely different because you have the perspective and the experience that herpes that you've gotten as a result of contracting herpes. Just be there for somebody when the opportunity presents itself. Statistically speaking, we all know somebody who has herpes. We just may not know it. Hell, they might not even know it. So that happens, I mean, um, at some point, maybe there'll be a hashtag. I have herpes too, or something like that. You know, I can't see everybody coming out on it, but that would be very interesting to see how many people, like, I, I know I have herpes because there's so many people who have it and don't know it with the stigma, man, we just gotta, we gotta look at ourselves, not in a selfish way, but in a selfless way. So you want to become self-aware and then from there, just go out and be who you are. And the opportunities will present themselves to inform, educate, and support people. You hit it on the head. You hit it on the head. Well, guys, um, I hope y'all enjoyed Courtney. Um, I told y'all I was going to have men, and they are appearing. They're coming to me, okay? Which men should, okay? I'm just kidding. (laughs) But at the end of the day, (laughs) men are coming, ladies. This is going to be... You know, I was, and it's so crazy because I was like, I want to have a guy on. And I had no clue. I couldn't find anybody last week because, you know, we had bi-weekly. I was like, I can't find anybody. And voila, Courtney appeared. So manifest things, y'all. I was like, somebody's coming. I don't know who it is, but somebody is coming. And he has came. So um, I hope to have more guys on. Um, I will be talking to Courtney more about some of the um, guests that he has so we can get some of them to come on and share their story and things of that nature and get people to just share. Because like you said, experiences are huge. And as we hear more experiences and different stories, we come to realize, man, 
my story is like your story. So if you were able to do that, I'll be all right too. And sometimes you just need to hear that your story is similar to somebody else to know that you're going to be fine. When your story don't relate, you was like, you don't understand. Even if we all have the same thing, you still don't feel like a person understand when the story is not the same. So with that being said, guys, everybody tell Courtney bye, which he has turned the light off because he's probably about to go to sleep. No, it's hot in that closet. I can't do more than an hour. Like an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> you're starting to sweat. Thank you so much. And I thank everybody who hopped on here. Thanks for listening to the podcast and check it out. If you do, please, please like, rate, review, and subscribe to it. It's easy. Tell people your social media. Oh, so on social media, I'm just at H on my chest. So the letter H and then on my chest is like you have an H on your chest for herpes, kind of like that. But uh, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Reddit. I created a Facebook page, something positive for positive people. I really don't expect people to like it <laughs> just because, like I said, the whole association. <laughs> so uh, what I'm doing with that is I'm going to create that and make it into some sort of a Thing, a business or whatever, that'll be where I just post updates to the podcast. So rather than it being a place where people with STDs are, it's going to be a place where people who support the podcast are. So positioning mm. it protects people who want to remain anonymous about their status. Everybody's going to be safe there. No one's going to be able to look and be like, oh, that person has herpes. <laughs> right, right. Agreed. All right. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thanks for coming. Bye.